0: You're listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Amen. All right, good morning, guys. My name is Todd. Uh, You can call me Pastor Todd if you want. (laughs) But I, but if you're gonna call me, don't call me at the office. I don't work there. Um, I work at Shelter Insurance uh, in underwriting. So <laughs> this is just what I do for fun. Um, <laughs> I'm an elder here at church. I Love the word. Love serving you guys in that capacity. So we're in First Corinthians three this morning. If you want to open there to your Bibles or your apps, and as you do that, uh, want to point out that it's been a long winter, right? Like it seems like it's. Did it snow back in October? <laughs> it's been a long winter. And then we had this brutal cold. And so uh, it's that time of year where people start thinking about selling their house. And the reason that is is because they've spent a lot of time with it because um, you've been stuck inside, and, and so you can't ignore all the little things that annoy you about your house. You can't just go out and walk <laughs> and get away from it. You have to like, keep looking at it because you're stuck there. It's too cold, and you see all the things you don't like about it, all the warts and bumps and stuff you don't like about your house. And if that isn't enough to prompt it, you start seeing for sale signs in other people's yards, and you're like, huh. And so it it promotes your mind to think about, Hey, I don't know, like, I wasn't thinking about selling my house, but these people are selling houses. Maybe it's the time to do it. And it's that time of year where people do that uh, just because you're you're getting familiar with all the things you don't like about your house. So if you're really serious, maybe you call a realtor, right? And what a realtor is going to do is they're going to come over and they're going to rearrange your furniture because your house doesn't look the way it should. I don't know if you know that about your house, <laughs> but they wouldn't put it in a magazine, probably, <laughs> especially if you're living in it, because <laughs> those houses in the magazines, nobody's living there. You couldn't live in that house and have it look that way. It's only like a very you know, sterile environment where nobody's allowed to run around or do anything. And so a realtor's going to come over, they're going to rearrange your furniture, and then they're going to they're use a camera with a wide-angle lens because they want your house to look bigger than it is because it needs to look bigger. (laughs) And then they're going to use high definition so that it looks better, too. Uh, So they're going to filter it in such a way. And then what they're going to do is, I don't know, like, I'm not a realtor. Uh, I have friends who are. But, like, apparently when you're a realtor, you have to go through, like, a creative writing class to also get your realtor license. (laughs) Because have you seen some of these things? (laughs) Like, the, the, the adjectives that come flowing out, it's like Shakespearean, it's beautiful. Um, I actually heard a story once of, like, a guy who was re- looking to get rid of his house, and so he, you know, did all this stuff called The Realtor and Everything, and he went and he saw the posting online, and he, like, ran down to his realtor's office, you know, he's like, he's like, whose house is this that you're talking about? He's like, that's yours, sir. He's like, well, if it's that kind of house, I don't want to move. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how awesome my house was until you talked it up right? And so, so they end up not moving, because you're like, man, my house is awesome. They rearranged the furniture. It looks really great. After hearing you read it back to me, maybe it's not so bad, you know? And this time of year, that same thing happens spiritually. It's that time of year where it's a new year. You reflect on last year. Where did I want to be in 2019? You know, I just turned X number of years old. I just, it's another calendar year. I just, January is already gone. We're a month into a new year. Who do I want to be? What did I think I was going to be doing by this time? And you've spent some time with yourself, maybe, at this point. It's that time of year where people spend some time with their self and look back at their calendars of, of past and wonder, like, what was I hoping to have done by now? What did I want to have accomplished? And so in similar fashion, maybe you go and start talking to friends. Like, I just feel like there's cracks in my foundation. There's things that are wrong. I don't like anything. I, just, I feel like I need to move. I need to do something. I, I'm feeling I'm at the point where I need to move. And then sometimes a well-meaning friend... Turns the, turns the lens around, it puts a different filter on it, uses a different Instagram filter, You know, maybe that, you know, the, the Amaro, or you know, I don't know what your go-to filter is, but they make it look better. And they, they read your life back to you, and they're like, hey, you know, it's not that bad, guy. It's great, actually. And then they reframe it. They rearrange the furniture of your life a little bit. They take a different photo. They give you a different perspective. Maybe they use their creative writing because they love you and they're your, they're your, your friend. And so they, they read it back to you, and you're like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I kind of like my life. Maybe, I will, maybe I'll just stay here. Maybe I won't move. Maybe all that stuff that made me feel like I need to grow and move and get beyond this stuff, maybe not. Maybe I'll just kind of hang out here. And the Christian religion is not one of rearranging furniture. Jesus didn't come to die because you need to rearrange the furniture of your life. Something radical has to happen. Something drastic has to happen to be part of the Christian life. Like it, it just didn't come just so you could put a different filter on it or spin it differently just so you could maybe i just need to read my life back to me through a different lens maybe i need somebody who's better with words who could see the same old situation in a new light and now i feel better about my old situation maybe that's what i need to do is feel better about where i'm my old situation but the christian religion is one of moving to new things not just updating old things not getting rid of that weird seashell sink You know, like, anybody's grandparents have the seashell sink? Paige knows, yeah. Like, anybody else? Maybe it's just me and Paige's grandparents. I don't know. (laughs) But like, you know, the seashell sink. You're like, oh, I didn't need to upgrade my life. Stainless steel. That's where it's at. Now I feel better about my life. Christian religion isn't about that. Look at 2 Corinthians 2, 5. I have this up on a slide because you're not going to need to turn there. Just look to reinforce, to punctuate the point. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's not about rearranging the furniture of your old life. If you're feeling that itch of like something needs to change, something's not right, I've been spending a lot of time with myself and I don't like what I see, you don't need somebody to come in with an interior design degree and just rearrange your spiritual furniture and make you feel better about it, to get a wide-angle lens and be like, hey, it's actually bigger in here than you thought. It's great. Get that filter working. You know, some of those masters, some of these people do masterful things on Instagram and they make their life look even better than it could possibly look. Like that, Those pictures don't exist in real life. You couldn't, even if you wanted to. It's so much post-editing that that couldn't even be real life. The Christian religion is not about doing that. It's about new. It's about moving on. And so we want to help you move. And so I'm going to be your spiritual realtor this morning. Um, I don't have a degree in creative writing, but I'm going to try and help you move on. And that's where we're at today, 1 Corinthians 3. So I want to start by doing a tour of homes. We're going to look at three homes this morning. I'm going to take you through three different houses. Uh, we're going to look at them. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I love you guys, so I'm going to kind of come through the front door. I'm a good realtor, so I'm going to tell you all the, the bads and the pluses and let you guys make the decision, right? Because I don't have a horse in the race. I'm not making commission. I'm your friend helping you out, trying to get a house and help you move on. So the first model I want you to look at, it's the most popular model on the market. I don't have a picture. You have to use your mind. <laughs> but I'm going to help paint a really good picture of it. Um, it, it it's what uh, we call a snout house. Do you guys know what a snout house is? Anybody know what that is? Just drive around, you'll see them all over when you drive home. A snout house is where it says, welcome to my garage. Forgot where the door is. (laughs) Like you walk around and it's just a big garage. That's the first thing you see. And most houses are built that way now. We call them a snout house because it's just a big nose. <laughs> the house is all nose, and you, it's, a, it's like kind of a, a choose-your-own-adventure. If you want to try and get in the house, you have to figure out where the door is. And so that's very popular right now. So that's what this house is. It's got that feature working for it. Um, another thing about this house, which is really great, it's very popular, it looks like, you know, uh, Joanna and Chip have spent their life's work on it, right? So it's just like shiplap-tastic, you know? It's just like, as far as the eye can see, there's shiplap everywhere. It's on the, it's on the fridge. I don't know. It's everywhere. There's shiplap on everything. Just put it everywhere. And then, and then one of the better features, too, is it has this huge island. You know these kitchen islands now? Like the kind you can rent to a college student, you know? Like you can <laughs> make like a secondary income on this thing. And it's brand new, but it looks like you found it in a barn. <laughs> it, it, it's brand new. It couldn't be more new. But somebody took the time to take a chain and whip it and like distress it and carve things into it. Like it looks super old, but it's brand new. That's this house. It's awesome. It's top of the line. You see it everywhere. It is the most popular house. It, simply put, it has everything you could possibly want. It has everything that you would want in a house, or what everybody thinks they want. The problem with this house is, is it doesn't have a foundation. I'm your realtor. I want you to want to be clear. It's awesome. It looks great. It doesn't have a foundation, though. If you're into that, this might not be the house for you. And you might say, like, why would you even show me this house? Who's so stupid that they would buy a house without a foundation? Who would do that? Well, most people. <laughs> That's why it's the most popular. When you go on Zillow, how many pictures of the foundation are you looking at, guys? <laughs> Just swiping. Where's that foundation? Yeah, look at that thing. Sturdy. <laughs> Here's him with a sledgehammer. That thing's not coming down. Like, there's, it's all earrings and accoutrements. Like, all Zillow is, whenever you're looking at houses online you're looking at all the, all the dangly things, you're looking at all the aesthetics, you're not looking at foundations. And most people like, like start thinking about, man, I want to move to that house, I got to make some changes in life so I can move to this house because this has everything I want. But they've never even considered the foundation. You've never even considered if it does, it probably does, because it would be foolish to build a house with that one. But you've never, it's never occurred to you. Like my wife and I, when we moved here, we were looking at houses and we found one we really liked and then we saw the foundation. And we're like, oh, so this house might not be here in 10 years. Like, it, like, they put so much money into the foundation that it's either secure as it could ever be, or it's, like, doing everything it can just to keep this thing from falling over. We did not buy that house. <laughs> I, I, one of the best features about a house is that it doesn't fall over. <laughs> that, I mean, call me a weirdo, but I like my houses to stay upright. I don't know. I also sleep at night. I do all kinds of weird stuff, you know? I'm a night sleeper. I like my houses to stay up straight. I'm a weirdo. But, um, People don't care about foundations when they're interested in houses when they're thinking about moving. They just simply assume that the house is going to have one. Look at the first verse of our passage, 1 Corinthians 3:11. It says, "No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ." There is no other foundation. If your life is not built on Jesus, your house does not have a foundation. And there's no way to have Jesus without having a foundation. But Jesus is a firm foundation. If you have him, you have a foundation. There is no other foundation other than the one that he said. And so if he says that that's true, then we believe it. We say he said that this is the only foundation, so we agree with him. The problem is most people haven't settled the Jesus part of their life yet. Like, it's, he's around. Most people's lives, especially people like you who come to church, you're obviously somewhat interested in Jesus, but a lot of people haven't settled the Jesus thing in their life yet. It's not foundational to what they do. It's somewhere in there. It's an open tab, but it's not a settled issue for them. But that hasn't stopped you from building. You've built something out of your life. You're doing something. You're putting something on the walls. You're putting some kind of pictures somewhere. The couch has to go somewhere. You have to sit. The TV has to go somewhere. It doesn't stop you from building and remodeling. Even though you haven't settled the Jesus thing, you're still doing stuff because that's the way God made us. We're made to do things. And so we build our lives around something. Even if it's not Jesus, we build. That's what we do. We build stuff. We decorate. We make our lives look like something. We rearrange the furniture to make it look like something. And that's the beauty of this model, really. That's why it's so popular is you don't have to take Jesus all that seriously. You can have a picture with a Bible verse on the wall, that's fine. You just don't have to build it on the foundation. You don't have to have settled that part yet. You can have a cross necklace in your jewelry box somewhere. You can have a Bible on the shelf. You can keep Jesus around this house without building it on him. And so the, the, the reason why this is a very attractive model is you can keep Jesus around, but you don't have to have that worked out yet. It's okay. Take your time. Figure the Jesus thing out. In the meantime, just build your house and decorate and feel, feel free to even include some Bible verses on the wall. Go ahead, do it. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of this house. And the reason why people do this is because they want to include Jesus in their life without building their life on him. I want Jesus in my life, but I don't want my life on Jesus. That's the beauty of this house. That's why it's so popular. Now, I love you, and I want what's best for you. Don't buy this house. Or if you woke up in this house this morning, please consider moving. Like, if this is the house that you left behind this morning... Don't return to it. Make plans today to move. And if you're considering like, I'm new to this whole church thing. I'm thinking about including Jesus in my life. Don't, don't go with this house. It can't hold you. It has no foundation. It looks great. I get it. It looks great on Zillow. It looks great on HDTV. It looks great on your Instagram feed. It looks great everywhere. But it's not there for you when you need it. Because life is heavy sometimes, right? Was it just my life? You guys feel the weight of it sometimes? I mean, it doesn't have to be every day, but there are times where life is heavy. Things are heavy, and storms do come. And this house, at the moment you need it the most, it will fail you. I love you too much to watch this happen to you. Please don't let this happen to you. If you invest your life into building this kind of house, at the moment you need it most to support you, to keep you safe and warm and secure from the outside, when you need home to be home, it will let you down. It will fail you because it cannot stand. It can't take the pressure of life. It crumbles. There's no foundation to hold it up. If this is your life, it will not hold you. And maybe you even experienced that and the whole thing collapsed. And so you've rebuilt the same kind of house. And you're just waiting for it to fall down all over again. Move from this house. Please, if, you, if this is the house you woke up in this morning, do not go to bed there tonight. And if you're brand new to all this and you're considering how to include Jesus in your life, don't buy this house. Please, I love you too much. Don't do that. Um, please don't do that. This, this, this house is, is great if you want just something there for in case of emergency. You're know, like, oh, well, in case of emergency, um, I'll go there and then I can, just, I can retreat and find people that like this stuff, but it will not actually hold you in a real emergency. You might think that it's there for you, but it's really not there. So the second house that I want to take you on on our tour is a little different. It's not like that first house. This house has a firm foundation. It is rock solid. It is a firm foundation. But I do love you, so the problem with this house is is that's all it is. It's just a foundation. If you drive by it, you wouldn't even know there was a house there. It's just a foundation. It's just solid concrete, not going anywhere. So it, it, it fixes the problem from the first house, right? If you're worried about your life falling over, this thing will hold you up all day long. The problem is there's nothing to live in and it's really cold out lately, and just sitting in an open basement or on a slab of concrete isn't really a house, right? Like, but, but this is an option, and it's out there, and, and this is particularly attractive for church people. Church people really like this house. Now, the first house is very popular on Zillow and everywhere, but people who are into church like this house, and I can, like, I'll tell you why people like it. Before you dismiss it, that sounds stupid. Who would want to live on a slab of concrete? Like, why would you do that? Like, that's not really a house, but it'll hold you, right? And and the beauty of this house is is that you can kind of just leave it there and go build your life somewhere else. It's like, I want this kind of foundation in my life, but I don't want my life on this kind of foundation. So I'm going to invest in this, and I'll know it's there, so if everything falls apart over here, I can always run back to my slab of concrete because it ain't going anywhere. It's concrete, and it's sturdy, and it's firm, and it will endure. And I like that about it. Um, And another perk about it, it doesn't require a lot of maintenance, You don't have to repaint the slab concrete. (laughs) Um, In fact, most people, what they like about it is that you can just really pop in maybe once a week and check on it, make sure it's okay. Just make sure it's still there. And you really don't even have to do that. Maybe just Christmas and Easter. Maybe just twice a year, just pop in. Just make sure the foundation's still there. And as long as you have it in your life, you can feel great about everything else you're doing over here. You can just build your life, do your thing. And, And the whole point of having this is to have a foundation in your life without avoiding, the, avoiding the, the pressure to have to actually build on it. So you can sleep at night, knowing if everything falls apart, I have somewhere I can run to. I have a foundation in my life. In fact, most people, when they visit when they visit their foundation, there's a lot of talk of plans, of future plans. They'll sit down Indian style. Sometimes they bring an acoustic guitar, and they just like, man, someday, some people know what I'm talking about. Some people are just whatever. That's okay. Uh, you sit there, and you, you think about your future plans. You're like, man, someday I'm going to imagine what I, would it would be like to build a house on this thing. Imagine what it would be like to build here. And they talk about future plans and everything, but it comes to nothing. A house never gets built. But you think about it, you daydream about what would it be like to actually go all in and build on this thing. Hmm. Good thought, back to normal life, because my real life is built somewhere else. Again, I don't recommend this model. It's just a slab of concrete, and it's not an actual house. It might feel like security to have this kind of thing in your life, but if your life is not on it, Your life isn't secure. You just have a foundation somewhere around. You know where it is. You can look it up on your GPS. You know how to get to it. Look what James says in uh, chapter 2, 14. James says, what good is it? We just went through the book of James a a while ago. So if you want to listen to that sermon series, I think Luke preached on this section. Go back to it. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? What good is a faith that doesn't do anything? Like, what good is a house that's just a foundation? What good is a foundation that just sits there and nothing gets built on it? Like, what good is that? Does it show that you actually believe in the foundation? Does it, does it, is it enough just to keep it around, to like have your deed, and your name on the deed? Like, I own this concrete slab somewhere. James says, what good is it? It's good for nothing. It's good for, like, he's, 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 he's not asking a real question. It's rhetorical. What's the answer? It's good for nothing. What, what can that faith do? And he's not saying it because he doesn't believe in faith. He's saying because that's not faith. He's saying well, that's not even a thing. If, you, if that kind of faith isn't faith, what kind of house doesn't have a house? What kind of house doesn't have rooms? Like How many bedrooms does it have? Zero. How many bathrooms? As many as you want. <laughs> it's a slab of concrete. <laughs> like, it's not a house. Like, what good is it? It's not a real house. And, and it can't it can't can't support real life because your real life is somewhere else and you could build on this if you wanted to, but it's not going to actually hold anything until you actually build on it because it's not enough to have the foundation in your life. Your life needs to be on the foundation. And so I don't recommend this house. I'm your friend. I love you. Don't go back to this. If you have a slab of concrete in your life right now, go build on it. Leave the house that you live in. Leave the life that you have and go build your life on the foundation. If it's in your life, go build on it. Please, like show that you trust the foundation will hold by actually putting something on it. Start putting your life on that foundation because we saw earlier, there is only one foundation and wherever else your life is, it can't support the weight of it. And it's not enough just to have this thing in your world. Your world needs to be on it. Is Jesus the foundation of everything you do? Does it decide what your calendar does, what your wallet does? What you post about, what you don't post about, what you say, what you don't say, what you hold back, what you say when, even when it's uncomfortable. Does Jesus inform those kind of things? Is your life built on Jesus? So that's the second house. The third one is a, a house that, that I will recommend to you. I'm going to tell you right out of the gate. This is the house that I'm recommending that you look into. This is the house that you should want to live in and build your life on. This is the house that God would tell you to build. This third house, we're going to see it in uh, 1 Corinthians 3 verses 12 through the first part of 13. He says, now, if anyone builds on the foundation, so he's assuming, remember I said, we're builders. That's what we do. We build. So the problem with the second house is that you still build, but you just don't build where the foundation is because you can't help but build. You're going to build your life somewhere. So he says, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, so six options, each one's work will become manifest. Christians are builders. It's inescapable. It's not a question of if you're building, it's what are you building and what kind of thing, what sort of thing are you building with your life? And he gives us six options, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Now there's, there's a lot of variety in these things, right? There's a lot of variety. It would take a whole lot of straw to equal a little bit of gold. Like there, There's a vast chasm of these things, but they're all options. They're things that you can build with. And you, as Christians, you're called to build something on the foundation. So now Paul wants to say, well, what are you building on it? let's just assume that if you're a Christian, you are building. What kind of thing are you building? Wood, hay, and straw are very attractive options. Why? Because you can find them around. Like, you remember being a kid? Like, I don't, how many forts did I build out of sticks I found laying around? I didn't have to save up my allowance. I didn't have to work very hard. I didn't have to dig for them. I just found stuff laying around, leaves and sticks, and I made all kinds of forts. Maybe you guys did the same thing. And then it would rain and destroy your fort. And you're like, well, whatever, it was free. <laughs> I mean, I just found it, and it was supper time. so what do I care? <laughs> I mean, who cares about the fort? I'll be, the, be outside tomorrow. And so the beauty of these kind of, of houses is when you build with this kind of thing, it doesn't cost that much to build this kind of house. You can kind of just find whatever you have laying around and build this kind of house. Uh, so that's definitely an advantage. And another advantage is it doesn't require a lot of expertise. I was a kid building a house out of sticks. I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to learn how to draft things. I didn't have to run it by the city. You know? None of that stuff. It's, so it's really easy. It doesn't require any expertise, and it's really cost-effective. It's really cheap. It's really easy. The problem with building that kind of house is the nursery rhymes would tell us those kind of houses attract a certain kind of thing. Wolves like these kind of houses because they're easy to blow over. Like wolves, like wolves look for these kind of houses, the nursery rhymes would inform us, because they're easy to knock over. Like, like when I was a kid, I built those things, but I wasn't going to move in there. I didn't change my Ford, my mail to my fort in the backyard. Like my own is, you know, 1202 First Avenue B or something like It's, it's in the backyard. It's, it's the stick thing. That's where I live now. Uh, that's not how it works. Um, it's not permanent enough. It gets knocked over easily. And like my wife always says, if you don't have the time to do it right, when are you going to find the time to do it twice? If you don't have the time right now, then that may be some of your excuse. Like, that sounds hard, Todd, though. Like, to build something out of something else would take a lot of work and expertise. And I don't want to go to school. I just want to find stuff laying around. I want to do what's easy. That's fine. If you build that house, you're going to have to make time to do it over. Because that house will fall over. Wind will knock it over. A neighbor bully will knock it over. Just natural deterioration will knock that kind of house over. Whereas gold, silver, and precious stones take a lot of work. You don't just find that stuff laying around. And if you want to get them, you have to mine it out of the earth. Like somebody has to go and get it. You don't just find that stuff laying around. And it costs a lot of money to acquire them. If you want gold and precious stones in your life, you're going to have to have a plan. And it's going to require expertise. Do you know how to build out of gold? Have you ever read your Old Testament where they're talking about overlaying stuff with gold as though like that's just something everybody knows how to do? (laughs) Like if you were going to do that now, just like, Todd, just go ahead and overlay the thing with gold. like okay? <laughs> like, I guess I'm going to have to melt it, I guess, and then what, pour it over and hope that it f- freezes in place? I mean, I mean, it's going to require expertise. How do you build something out of gold? Or how do you overlay the ark with gold? Like, I don't know. I'm, somebody, you, it's going to take some investigation. You're going to have to figure stuff out. It's not going to be as easy as building a tree fort in your backyard. It's going to take some time. You're going to have to be intentional about what you're doing if you're building this kind of life, if you want to build this kind of house. And so really, like, you might be asking the question, like, well, how do I know what kind of stuff I'm building with? Because I I can hear the difference. It's obvious which one I want to build with, right? Like, Paul's not trying to make it a secret. He's trying to tell you how to build. But But how do I know which one I'm building with? Well, one of the signs would be, like, if you feel like your life, your faith life is one of, like, seasonal, like, man, I'm in a season where I'm just really on fire with Jesus, and then you hit something and everything crashes down, and you kind of start over again, you're like, okay, I gotta get serious about this Jesus thing. Man, I got out of control there, had that weird stint in high school, I gotta get back. And then if that's the pattern of your life, you might be building with wood, hay, and straw. Because everything you build co- routinely comes crashing down, and you're well-intentioned, you love Jesus, so you start building all over again. And it just but it never amounts to much of anything. Like there's no maturity to it. There's no like intentionality to it. It's all just kind of like spur of the moment. I feel like doing this right now. So you do what you feel like, and then it crashes down. And then you start over again once you feel like it again. If that's your life, you might be building with those kind of materials. If that's how you feel like your faith story is one of constant, just rebuilding, and then I had this great season. I was in my Bible. I prayed, and then I clicked on the thing, or then I saw the thing, or I fell in a different crowd, and then everything went crazy. And then I hit rock bottom, and I hit a foundation. I have a bottom, and I started over again. If that's your life, you're building with wood, hay, and straw, and Paul wants to urge you, to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. Build with something that stands. It's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost you time. You're going to have to study and figure out how to do this. You're going to have to ask questions. Like, how do you build with gold? I don't know. Ask somebody. Somebody knows somewhere. Go ask, and you'll figure this kind of thing out. One negative thing about this kind of house, I I love you. want you to have all the facts. This kind of house, nobody will sell you fire insurance. (laughs) Because... One of the things is about this kind of house is I is promise you it's going to be tested by fire. There is a fire coming to this house. If you get this kind of house, it's going to be tested by fire. So no insurance. But I work in insurance. We are not going to sell you insurance on this house. If you try to say, Todd, I want to get insurance on this house. In three years, it's going to burn down. Like, no, thank you. We don't, that's a risk we're not willing to take because there's no risk. It is going to be tested by fire. And the beauty of this house is the foundation is absolutely free. There's no other way to get this foundation. It's free. You have to have it given to you. And if you're willing and you want it and you ask for it, it will be given to you. Everything else will cost you everything. The foundation is entirely free, but everything you build will cost you everything. Every thought, every emotion, all your energy, all your calendar, all your dollars, everything will be oriented around building this thing. It will cost you everything to build this kind of house. Again, the foundation is absolutely free. It's 0% down and no payments to come in the future. It's yours. What you build will cost you everything, and it will be built up with how much you put into it. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, the last part of it. It says, each one's work will become manifest. How will it become manifest? For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. There is a fire coming to this house. Now, God's telling you this ahead of time. This isn't like a gotcha thing. He's telling you up front, this is what is going to happen. And if your house is built out of wood, hay, or straw, it's going to go up. Wood, hay, or straw cannot survive fire. It will burn. Your house will burn. Everything that you put your life into, this reoccurring stick fort house thing, fire will test it and it will not pass the test. It will be burnt down by this kind of fire. But if you build with gold, silver, or precious stones, fire will actually make your house better fire will purify it. It'll make the gold better gold, and it'll fuse it together and weld it together. It'll be a better house. The fire will make the house better. So build with, fi- build with gold, silver, and precious stones, because the fire is coming. Orient your life now around building this kind of house. You might say, like, well, why test it at all? Why send fire? That seems mean. Like, couldn't you just not send a fire? And then, like, then, then the kid gets to keep a stick for it. Wouldn't that be a nicer compromise? Look, what, I'll finish out our passage here. Look what he says in verses fourteen and fifteen. I have it up on a slide for you. He says, "If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, so if you're of those three kinds that survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through the fire." Listen, that person with the wood house, their house is going to burn they will survive. The foundation will hold. He promises you that. If there's one thing about this foundation, it's free and it's secure. It's absolutely free by grace through faith if you want it. And it will survive. I promise you, if you build on this house, it will survive. And if you are on the foundation on the time, at the time you meet Jesus, if you are on that foundation, even if you've built out of wood, hair, straw, you will survive it. You will survive the fire. Your house won't but you will. So why send fire? Because he wants to test it. He wants to evaluate. And God tests. He doesn't tempt. When he tests you, he wants you to pass. He wants you to pass. That's why he's giving you the answers. He's giving you the teacher's edition, saying, hey, I want you to pass this. Could you do that so that when it comes time, you pass? Like a lot of, a lot of you, it's, it's work evaluation time, right? And so some of you are like, oh, I don't like being evaluated. But you do if you want to raise, right? Because if, if you don't have an evaluation, you're not even going to get the standard 3% thing. Even if it's just the cost of living raise, without going through the evaluation, there is no raise. And God's saying, like, I want to reward you. I'm telling you ahead of him. I want to reward you. That's my goal in this. I want to evaluate you, and I want to have a fun evaluation where I'm like, Josiah, you crushed it this year. Here's your reward. That's what he wants to do. Now, some of you might get through your evaluation, and you're not going to get a reward. Your reward will be you get to keep your job. (laughs) Like, you were adequate, (laughs) Welcome to another year of doing exactly the same thing. That will be a bummer, right? Like, everybody's kind of just banks on the 3% thing. Like, you're not guaranteed that. If you just are adequate, you might just escape with your job. And I'm telling you, that'll be a bummer for you, but it'll be a bummer for your employer. Your employer, if they're a good employer, they want you to do a good job. That's why they hired you. (laughs) They want you to exceed expectations. And then they want to sit down with you and tell you that you did that, and then reward you in keeping with that. A good employer wants to reward good work. God wants to reward you. That's why he's telling you ahead of time what to do. He wants you to pass this test, and he wants to give you a reward on the other side of all this. One last verse I'll throw up there. It's, it's the first verse from the passage, but I'm going to use the verse immediately preceding that as well. So it's 1 Corinthians three, eleven, and 10. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And look what Paul says. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. That's the point of his passage here. That's what he's telling the Corinthians. There is a foundation that will hold. Take care how you build. Don't live in that first house. Don't live in a foundationless house. If that's the house you woke up in today, don't go back there. Don't make that. And if you've never lived in any house of any kind of spiritual sort, don't aim at that house. Don't aim at the life that looks Christian but has nothing supporting it. And don't aim at the second house. Don't just come away from this and say, okay, free foundation, God, I'm going to sign off on that, and then I'm going to continue to live my life somewhere else. Build your life on it. And when you build, throw all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength into it. Think about it. Be intentional. Build something that will survive it. Not because anything for you is depending on, not because you need to do it to be saved, but because you want to be able to show up and say, look what I did. I want to show up at my evaluation and my boss and be like, look at all I did this year for you guys. I love this job. I worked as hard as I could. And I want my boss to be like, that's awesome, Todd. Great. Here's your reward. That's what God wants to do. So let's be those kind of people. So as we transition to communion, this is the foundation. This is the foundation. There's no other foundation than this. So when we come to this table, we come confessing that there's nothing other than this. And I put my whole life on this thing. And we come saying, God, this is, I first of all confess that this, there's no other foundation than this, than this body broken for me and this cup with blood that was spilled for me. There's no other foundation. And I come committed to building as well as I can. And if I don't know what to do, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to find somebody who does know how to build, and I'm going to ask them. But I'm going to build on it. I want a house with a foundation, and I want to build something. And I want to build something that's going to last, not just for my own sake, but because I want to have something to give to God. I want to show him the fruit of my hard work. So as the band comes up and plays, take your time. As you come, come confessing that this is your foundation. Don't come if this isn't your foundation. Don't come and take this. It's meaningless. If this isn't your foundation, don't come partake of it. But if you come, come confessing, this is it for me. This is where everything, this is what everything comes back to. This is my, my, my reference point. This is what everything stands or falls on this. And then come committed to being like, God, this is how I have been building up until now. Here's how I want to build in the future. Please help me to build with gold, hey, or not, with gold, silver, and precious stones. Help me to build well, because I want to honor you with everything I have, and I want to lay it at your feet. I want the fire to make it better so that we can all rejoice. God will say, God wants to give you stuff. It's going to make him happy to reward you. How happy will it be to watch him enjoy blessing you with that? Aim your life at that. It's about the joy. When Jesus says to his disciples, he says, come enter into the joy of your master. Luke referenced earlier that he had a hard teaching. Remember Luke read in, in, in announcements. He said, Jesus had a hard teaching. That teaching was about communion. The hard teaching that most people walked away from was, was he said, my body, my blood is it for you. And many of them said, This is all hard teaching. Who could stand it? And most of them walked away. John 6, verse 66. It's easy to remember. 666. 6, 6. I don't know why. It just worked out that way. But that's the verse. That's the verse. And many people walked away. And Peter said, Peter just stands there. And Jesus is like, Why well, aren't you going to walk away too? Everybody else is, Peter. Peter says, Where else would we go? He's like, I'm confounded right now. What you just said is crazy to me. I don't, it would change everything and I don't entirely get it, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to sit here and stick with you and I'll work it out and I'll figure it out. Whatever you just said, whatever it means, I'll figure it out. Because who else has the words of life? I'm with you and I build my life on you and I'm going to build as hard as I can for your glory. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, the clarity it provides. Thank you for the firm foundation that is Jesus that gives us something that we can put all of our hope and strength and might into. I I can give myself entirely to building on this thing and never feel embarrassed. It's never going to fall over. The foundation is going to hold. I can put all the weight of real life on this thing and it will hold me when things are hard and heavy. You have promised that you will hold. You offer it for free. Give me the humility to receive it with grace. And then give me the strength through your Holy Spirit to build on it alone. Help me to believe in it so much that I throw everything I have into building on it. When you say it will cost me everything, it doesn't scare me, it excites me. It scares me a little bit. (laughs) Being excited is a little scary sometimes, but I want to do it. I'm scared, but I want to do it. I'm like Peter, saying like, God, I don't know what this means for me this morning, but I know that I'm with you and that you're my foundation and I will give everything to you to staying with you and following you and building my life on you alone. God, give us, Anthem Church, people who are like that, who want that, because you want to reward us. You want to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You're not a a bad dad who's sitting on words like that, who's just withholding and saying like, well, you got A's, what about A pluses? You're not like that. You want to say, well done. You, that's your heart's desire. You want us to do that so that you can say that. So help us be those kind of people so that we can all rejoice in eternity together, having given everything for your glory and having eternity to enjoy it. It's in your name we praise you.